Hello and welcome back to the Pulse Podcast, the podcast that deals with all things residency in the beautiful province of British Columbia. So my name is Jeff Frost, I'm a fourth year resident in physiatry, and I'm here today joined by Lena. Lena, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey everyone, um, as Jeff said, my name's Lena. I'm a first year general surgery resident. I switched from OpsGyn last year. And that actually is why we're having a chat today. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, which is everyone, because I haven't made this announcement, we want to do a mini series on what it's like to switch programs in residency. And we thought we'd start by chatting with some residents who have actually made the switch. So Lena is here as our, oh, I don't know how to say this, intrepid vanguard. I don't even know. You're the brave first one over the walls, Lena, <laughs> to chat about what it's like to to switch programs. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. So Lena, just like lay it out. What program were you in uh, and what program are you in now? Mm-hmm. So just a bit about myself. I did my uh, undergrad science degree at the U of A um, and then I went to U of C for med school. So it's a three-year medical school. Um, early on, I kind of was drawn towards surgery. Um, I explored some electives. I did pre-clerkship electives in OBSGYN and GenSearch. I love them both, but I think my experience in OBSGYN at that time was uh, amazing because I was at a community site, and so I was doing everything with the staff. There were no residents. Um, so I really liked it, and I decided to book my clerkship electives in OBSGYN. Um, the difficult thing with Calgary is that all our clerkship electives, unfortunately, are front-loaded. So we have four electives before we do any core rotation, which is kind of different than other medical schools. So it kind of seemed like I was trapped in the OBSGYN route. Um, by the time I had my core general surgery rotation, it was the month before the CARMS applications were due. And no. so, yeah, so during that time, I actually had kind of changed my mind and wanted to go for a gen surge, but I had no electives, um, didn't really have much research in it. Um, so I wasn't, you know, too hopeful that it would work out, but I still did apply to both programs. Um, I ended up matching to UBC OBSGYN, which is truly a phenomenal program. I start, I moved to Vancouver, started off here. I honestly really enjoyed my first few months of residency. My co-residents were awesome. Our program director, Dr. Ubi, is just the most amazing person. I did have a good time, but still just in the back of my mind, I, I was still thinking about GenSurge. And as part of first year OBSGYN, we do uh, GenSurge as a core rotation. So I did that at RCH and I absolutely loved it. And that was in October of 2018, and that was kind of my turning point, and I decided to pursue the uh, the switch. Very interesting. So there's a couple things I want to flag here, because your story certainly isn't similar to others I've heard. But, I, you know, I guess everyone's story is individual when it comes to something like switching. But I guess first off, you started residency thinking maybe you were in the wrong program. Would it be fair to summarize? I think so, yeah. I mean... I was a bit disappointed that Genser didn't work out with CARMS, although I wasn't surprised. So yeah, I guess you could say that. I, I kind of wanted to just come to terms with it and continue on with the program. But then when I was exposed to Genser here as a resident, I um, it just kind of clicked and I realized that this might not have been the best decision. That is fair enough. I know. I'm going to step in here and say decisions might might be too strong of a word because it sounds true, like CARMS <laughs> made the decision for you. But yeah. That's really interesting. And I, I totally feel you on the three-year thing. I went to McMa McMaster myself, so I did the three-year med school thing. And definitely, like, 
you felt you had to decide by like the second week if you wanted to do something competitive, uh, which is a, a big ask for if you don't have a background in medicine. Like I personally didn't have much of a background in medicine. So it was, you know, it was quite a lot for me to make that decision without what I felt was full information. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, you know, CARMS is tough because obviously personal letters and the interviews are really, really important. But at the end of the day, there's so many applicants that they need to choose people based on what is on paper also. Um, totally, yeah. And so, you know, having no gen surge electives is a red flag for the gen surge programs that I apply to. And, I mean, it makes sense. I understand. So Yeah, it, it's, it's the system, right? And, like, we all know it's it's pros and cons. But anyway, so you show up to UBC, you're doing your obsgine thing, and you're actually enjoying it quite a bit. But then you get you get sucked back in to the life of a general surgeon. And I'm just going to flag for the audience here, uh, Lena, you are you're truly a, a phenomenal person to switch into general surgery. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I, I I have dreams of switching out of things like neurosurgery and general surgery, and I get so happy every time my dream self does it. But uh, okay, so you switched into general surgery. <laughs> so it, just like rattle it off for me. What made you, what made you think gen surge was really it for you? I I think for me, I mean, I honestly do, like I think obsgyn is such an amazing specialty. I was more drawn to the surgical aspect of obsgyn, and I just think that gen surge offers me you know more broad surgical exposure and more training time spent specifically in the operating room. So those are really the main reasons. I still, I think at the end of the day, if I would have stayed in Obsgain, I think I would have made the best of it and it would have been a great career and there would have been aspects that I loved. I just think Gen Surge has more to offer for me. Okay, very cool. You're focused on the procedural stuff and gynecology just wasn't your thing, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was just a bit too specific. I like the the broadness of, of Gen Surge. Once again, things that terrify me. Words like broad, <laughs> operating room but okay all right you do you (laughs) so um, so here you are you've decided that it's time to make the switch so when in residency did you stumble upon this kind of deep Um, personal fact mm -hmm. so yeah it was in october of last year when i did my uh, core gen surge rotation at rch and well so pause a second there that means you're like three blocks into residency yeah it was it was pretty soon okay 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 i had done like two blocks of obsgyn and then a block of Emerge, and then a block of our uh, crash surgical preparation course. And then this was block five where I had my core gen surge. Okay. So it was in ex- exactly in October. And like this may be too personal a question. Feel free to dodge. Pull a politician on this if you need to. But like how did that feel? Knowing that you were in a program, obstetrics in this case, which like, you know, really you didn't want to be in anymore. Yeah, it was really tough, honestly. Um it was mostly like a personal battle just because I, I kind of felt nervous to tell people how I felt because uh, it's a big deal, um, you know, being unsure of your career and your future. So I was really scared. I kind of I kept it in for a while, to be honest, um, until finally I, I talked to some staff during the gen surge rotation. So I, I want to hit that, though, because that is something that's come up over and over again when I try and have this conversation with people. Uh, many residents I know that have switched, when I ask them if they'll come on the podcast to talk about it, they just say no. And I think it comes back to that that moment in time, that idea that it's a big deal, I can't talk about it. W- why is that? Walk me through that. Well, I don't know. I think during medical school, I, you know, th- they just made it seem like, you know, that switching is really rare, it doesn't happen. 
it was kind of like a taboo subject almost. I'm not sure why, but I just felt scared because, you know, if I were to openly talk about it and then it, the switch didn't work out, then, you know, everyone in my program is going to have this idea of me that, you know, I'm not really, I don't really actually want to be here. I didn't want to disappoint my co-residents in Opsgein. I was scared to tell my program director. So there's just so many different, you know, aspects of it. And, and it is scary. Yeah, I get that. I mean, a lot of that, now that you pointed out, is real legit. Like the idea of, well, what if the switch doesn't work out and then I'm stuck in this program and everyone knows I don't want to be here. Like that's a, that's a tough social situation. And yeah, for sure, you don't want to let your co-residents down. I, I get that. There's a lot going on, but it, I, I still can't get over the fact that it's almost like saying the name Voldemort if you bring up <laughs> switching a program. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. do not want to talk about it. Yeah, I think, you know, it's important that we're doing things like this just so that people are encouraged to talk about it more. I think that's really important, just having gone through it myself and being in that position where I was super nervous and reserved about it. So what, like, broke the silence? What made you bring it up with some of the staff? To be honest, I, I was just loving the gen surge rotation so much that a few of the staff actually asked me, like, oh, you seem really keen in, in, in gen surge. Like, why are you in gynae? Um, I straight up got that question and that kind of, um, that was honestly, triggering. That was triggering. yeah, and it, and it encouraged me to, to tell the staff how I felt. And there's yeah. a, two specific staff that I can recall that, you know, asked me that. And I, I just straight up told them how I felt and the position I'm in and how difficult it is. And that's kind of how it all started. Honestly, Lena, that's awesome. Like, it's good that you have had such a positive experience of coming to that truth, if that's the right turn of phrase, but uh, I, I also want to flag once again that, I mean, maybe not everyone will have as positive of a turn of turn of events, yeah, but it's great that you got like a huge amount of positivity from the Genzer staff, the program you wanted to be in. I think that's great. And I'm sure that encouraged you to, to you know, speak power to your truth. Mm -hmm. So what'd you do? What was the next step? So what happened after that is those uh, couple of staff that I talked to at RCH actually offered to reach out to the gen search program directors for me yeah so they you you, you must have been a rock star of an off-service <laughs> resident no 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 <laughs> most off-service <laughs> programs couldn't wait to get rid of me i'm sure of that fact <laughs> um, so yeah they offered to text and email the program directors and then forwarded me their numbers and that's how it started that's how i got into contact with dr scott one of the co-program directors and so i just i just messaged her introduced myself and we set up a meeting so actually, this is a really important question. So did you first approach GenSurge, the program you're switching into, or did you first approach your home program? I first approached GenSurge. Interesting. And so you were kind of testing the waters to see if they would be open to the transfer? Mm -hmm, exactly, because I didn't want to I didn't want to bring it up to Obsgein without anything being formal. Like at this time, it was just talk and it was just, you know, just texting the program director for GenSurge. Right, it wasn't right. anything, you know, formal. So I didn't want to... I didn't want to bring it up with Obsgain yet. Fair enough. That is, I think, very responsible. So you had a chat with GenSurge, and I'm guessing they were receptive? Mm -hmm. So I met with uh, Dr. Scott, and it was, you know, really friendly. She just straight up asked me, like, you know, what's going on? Tell me about yourself. Why do you want to switch? All those things. And that's that's kind of how it all started. And I'm guessing... Whether or not you know, I don't know if you would be able to speak to this, but presumably some staff went out on a limb to vouch for you, whether or not you even know that. Because Dr. Scott must have had some reason for wanting to take this meeting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, I don't know what the text or email said, but it was, you know, messages from two of the staff at RCH. And so she kind of had an idea about me before I had messaged her. They told her that I was going to contact her. Right. Well, that's, that's awesome. Cause that helps your, mm-hmm. helps you move this process along. So you talk to Dr. Scott, she seems receptive. And then what's your next step? And then basically she just discussed the issue with different spots. So I think there's eight gesture spots a year. She said that there happened to be one spot actually that was open because one of the residents couldn't couldn't uh, get a visa to, to be in Canada. So she said that actually it happens that, you know, we have a spot, but this is a process. And she advised me to talk to Dr. Sidhu from the PGME office. So she advised me to set up a meeting with him. And then she told me that you have to wait six months before you can process, uh, uh, transfer which I didn't know, but it would only happen after January if it were going to happen. Hmm. And Six months from the start of residency. Yeah, so you can only try to oh. transfer after like January, yeah, six months. I had no idea. That's yeah, a, I didn't know that either. So That is a yeah. random rule. Mm-hmm. So you talk to Jensers, then they send you to PGME. And so this is a myth I've often heard, and it seems your story is corroborating it, but every program has a certain number of spots, and you can only step into an empty spot rather than create a whole new spot for yourself. I don't know if you can answer that, but was that the sense that you got? That is the sense that I got, but I think that programs can create spots. I think that's a thing, but So this will be my plug for (laughs) listening to this whole mini-series because we are going to get to the bottom of that question. (laughs) But okay, so TBD what the answer to that question is. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So at this point, all all systems go, right? Like Gen Surge is open. There's a spot open. So when do you break the bad news and did you use the spikes method? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, after I met with Dr. Sidhu, I just kind of talked things out with him. General surgery wanted me to do an elective. So they asked me to do hepatobiliary surgery at VGH. Oh my God. And um, you agreed? <laughs> oh, this story gets darker and darker. <laughs> yeah. So they asked me to do that just kind of as an elective and that, uh, you know, some staff at VGH can meet me and I can meet some of the gen surge residents and work with them. So I set up that elective and during this whole time, to be honest, it was a bit awkward. I did not tell the OBSGYN program. Well, hold the phone. You Surely you had to tell them to get the elective. Well, so as part of our first year, we have a surgery elective that we can do in anything we want. So I just happened to set up this oh, elective. You to were be a bit in... sneaky about I this. I know, which I don't <laughs> like. And thinking back on it, I feel like it was a bit too sneaky, but... That is the advice that I got from general surgeries that to just kind of keep quiet and not, not, you know, say anything until they knew that they had a spot and they were going to accept me just because the programs are small and just in the event that they wouldn't take me, then it would be really awkward. So that's advice that I did get from the gen surge program, which I think was good. (laughs) It's good. No, it's it's not bad advice, but I think it builds up this like shroud of secrecy around the whole process. It does. yeah. Yeah. And that was tough because, you know, people would ask me like, oh, this is kind of weird. You're doing HPB at VGH. Like, like no OBSGYN resident ever does that elective. Mm. Um, and so I felt like I was lying in a way to my co-residents and the gen surge residents. And I just, you know, was given the advice to not really say anything. So yeah. it was tough. It was really, really hard. No, I want to flag that too because, I mean, imagine... Uh, me in an alternate universe, which I'm sure doesn't exist, no matter how many billions of universes exist. But 
me deciding that I wanted to do a surgical program. So it would be weird for me as a physiatry resident to be like, hey, program director, I'm going to do an elective in vascular surgery just <laughs> for fun. <laughs> Whereas for you, it was kind of built into your program. So it was a little easier to to do that, right? Yeah, sort of. Because I had to do some type of surgery elective anyway. So I just booked right. it in hepatobiliary. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, I'm happy that worked out for you, but I could see how the decision to be to, to go public with where you were at would be forced at an earlier stage for some residents. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you said, if it was a different circumstance, I think you wouldn't really be able to justify doing an elective like that. Right. And I think, um, and again, wow, I'm such a veteran podcast host. Plug for our next episode. We will be talking to a resident who I'm pretty sure, I don't want to speak for her, but I'm pretty sure she was in the position where doing an elective to try out her new program would have made it immediately obvious that she was trying to transfer. Like it was a non-surgical to surgical or surgical to non-surgical situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, That's even tougher. So Yeah. Okay. So you've you've done your sneaky elective. You're now a spy. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're hanging out on HPB, which must have been terrible. But (laughs) what happens next? Yeah. So after that elective, the program directors just collected feedback from the residents and staff I worked with. Oh man, how nerve wracking is that? Like yeah. everyone gets to judge you. Like, <laughs> it's definitely on the spotlight, but oh, it was okay. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah. they're deciding whether you're going to be in the club. Mm-hmm. So after that, you know, they got feedback. Things went well. I was asked to write a letter to Dr. Sidhu. So it was kind of, it was the same as a, like a CARMS personal letter, but. And, and just, just so we flag all the characters in the story. I know we've said his name before, but Dr. Sidhu is. He's the PGME program director. Cool. So you're writing him a letter. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote him a letter. It was just like a one page, just like a personal letter that you do for CARMS, just describing, you know, the reason that I wanted to switch and, you know, my background and all that. So I wrote that letter to him and then Gen Surge asked for my CV, which I sent them. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that was necessary. What else? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's. And that was it. Yeah, to be honest, that's it. Then in March, whoa, whoa, whoa. uh, the entirety of the paperwork for this whole process involved your CV and a letter. Yeah, that's it. I was shocked. Honestly, I thought it would entail way more. It was just this one letter that I typed out one afternoon, updated my CV, (laughs) sent a couple emails. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we're doing these podcasts. I had assumed you would have to go through, and I don't know why I assumed this. Maybe because everyone says it's such a difficult thing to do. But I had assumed you'd be going through like 10 or 20 pages of forms. Of, I don't even know what they'd make you fill out. There but. was nothing. Yeah, that's that's honestly the extent of it. I didn't have to do huh. anything else. Okay, the more you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> so you, you sent a letter. Um, I hope it was very you know deep and personal. It talks about your childhood. And <laughs> <laughs> developmental milestones, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so you sent the letter and then what happened? And then... Basically, the program directors told me to wait until there was some type of meeting, I forgot, some residency program committee meeting Mm. that was happening in early March where they would bring up my story officially and then it would have to be approved by that committee until it's actually like officially legit. Wait, maybe I missed this. When was Obskine notified? When When were they let in? Um, oh, that face tells me they were not. So, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, I kind of, like, I had brought it up with some of my co-residents just that, you know, just kind of saying that, you know, this is going on and then officially told them, yeah, like in March. So, so, okay. So, th- so when was this meeting where they decided whether or not you'd be able to switch? It was in early March. 
And so, so did, it was like around that same time. But yeah. did Obsguy in the program find out at the meeting? No, not at the meeting. Um, they okay, found out from like, me. No, no, no. I met with my uh, the Obsguy program director and told him. He didn't find out at that meeting. Because that would be like dumping someone via text. I know. That would have been really mean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. did you meet up with the Obsguy program director? I did, yeah. Okay. And, and did they... This is one thing I've always been curious about. Did he have a lot of pushback? Was he like, Lena, terrible idea. You need to stay in our program. No, I wouldn't say pushback. I think he he was sad. I mean, he just, I think, was a bit surprised in saying that I would have been great in Obsgein, which was super nice of him. Um, not necessarily pushback, actually. In fact, he was really encouraging in saying that, like, I should pursue what I what I want to do and I shouldn't stay in a program that I'm not happy in. So I really appreciated that. But I was extremely nervous to meet him just because he's such a great guy. I felt so guilty mm. um, that like he accepted me to his program and I'm like abandoning him. That's kind of how I felt. So um, it was really, really, that's honestly one of the toughest parts was telling him and telling the Obsgain residents. That is so usually brought that up because I can imagine, again, I haven't done this myself. So this is all just me imagining that there are huge emotional barriers that relate to your feeling of duty to someone else, whether it's the program director or your fellow residents. That, and those feelings of duty may act against your own self-interest, really. Like, if you really want to be a GenSurge resident, which, again, wow. But if you really, <laughs> if you really want to be a GenSurge resident, you know, you need to honor that, even though it might mean violating might be too strong of a word, but stepping on those feelings of duty. Mm -hmm. And and I imagine that was a tough thing to do. It was really hard. Like, I just felt like, you know, he accepted me as an out-of-province medical student and just invested so much in me. And I I, I did. I felt horrible, to be honest. It yeah. was, it was one of the worst parts of the process was having to tell him and my co-residents. For sure. But, but again, I want to underline, because I want to build you up here, Lena. <laughs> if what you needed to do was switch in a gen surge, if that's what you needed to do, then it was the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. And now being in Gen Surge, I really think it was the right thing, um, right. thankfully. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess all all stories that end well. But just like, kind of on a practical note, one thing I've always wondered, again, it's shocking that I'm a fourth-year resident and these are just like vague thoughts. Like I don't know the answers to these questions and I've renegotiated our contract and I don't know the answers to these questions. But So you switched the program. Did you lose any time? Like, did you have, do you have to make up time? So I actually just got approved by the Royal College for six of the blocks that I did last year. So it'll put me behind by about six months. Mm. Yeah, that was a kind of a a difficult part um, when I met with the program directors, they told me that I actually could technically start off as an R2 in Gen Surge, but I wouldn't really have many research or elective blocks. So it just didn't really make sense. Just starting gotcha. off as an R1 would give me so much more flexibility. So I'd have like six months within my residency to, to do what I want, whether it's electives or research. But the Royal College only happens once a year, right? So you're effectively going to graduate a whole year late? A whole year late, yeah. So, uh, But you have six six blocks of extra electives. Exactly. And does it affect your pay? Like, did you start as an R1 and then go back to being an yeah, R1? Yeah, actually, because I thought I would have, like, PGY2 salary. Yeah. But I don't. So you're still, so they're paying you as an R1? Yeah. 
So you're redoing our one year? Okay. Pretty from a much, paid perspective. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is a question I've been dying to ask is, what did you tell, and maybe this is me projecting, but what did you tell your parents? Like, I can, my mom has been running around for two years telling everyone that I'm going to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> yes, I know I'm in physiatry, but don't, don't worry about that detail. She can't figure it out. <laughs> what, like, how did that conversation go? Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were really supportive, to be honest. I think they just were a bit nervous because they wanted to make sure that I was making the right decision. Mm. Just with it putting me back a year and, you know, the total change, they just wanted to make sure that I was sure about the decision. So I think they were a bit nervous, but it was honestly really nice to have their support. It wasn't, I didn't really get pushed back or anything from my family. It was was opposite. So I'm lucky. Were there any other significant social relationships that you really leaned on during this time? Like, I don't know, do you have a friend in Gen Surge or, like, a partner or something that, like, helped talk you through this? A friend, yeah, friends in Gen Surge that I did kind of tell on the down low, as well as my my best friend, Rohana, is, is, uh, was my co-resident in Obsgine. Mm. So I kind of had told her about it, even though I felt felt terrible telling her, but we're still best friends. Um, <laughs> I'm still friends with all the Obsgine <laughs> residents. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to your question. I did. I did have people to go to residents in both Gensert and Obsgain that I that I could talk to. So and was that was helpful? Pretty lucky. Yeah, it was. It was, and everyone was super supportive. Just yeah. basically, the consensus was do what you want to do. Yeah, which is actually really helpful and encouraging. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone who doesn't have your best interests at heart saying that. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Like I would hate for you to finish a residency and then, I mean, do a twenty or thirty year career and something. You hated really. exactly, <laughs> and I'm not saying you hated Obskine. Please don't don't misconstrue, but maybe it wasn't the the best for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Okay, so that's like that was quite the journey. And so, when did you officially become a general surgery resident? So after things were approved in March, mm-hmm. I was able to change my last few blocks in Obskine to be the off service general surgery rotations. So I'm so lucky that my program was so accommodating. I was able to change uh, my blocks because I had a block, I think, at Women's Hospital and some very specific OBSGYN rotations. So I was able to change those to, um, I did anesthesia, I did gastroenterology, and a couple of the uh, other off-service rotations that GenSurge does. And so now starting off as an R1 in GenSurge in July, every rotation that I have this year is all on-service. Gotcha. Um, which is very different than my co-residents who have a bunch of off-service stuff. Gotcha. And that crash course that I talked about, I had already done. So I wrote my surgical foundations exam with the current R2s because I had already done that right. last year. Right. So it was kind of nice that, you know, something's overlapped. And this is just purely for my own personal interest, but I'm aware that the general surgery residents at UBC do this hilarious two-week psych rotation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you doing this no, amazing so thing? No, so I did um, a month of emergency medicine, um, it, which exactly was exactly the same as psych. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was required for Obsgine, so I had already done a month of emerge and right. the Gen Surge rotation. It's two weeks emerge and two weeks psych. Okay, and so since I had done the month of emerge, they just counted that and didn't make me do psych. So <laughs> I loved when I was in R two, running into the R one Gen Surge residents on psych. <laughs> yeah. I have some great yeah. stories. I won't tell them here, but <laughs> great stories. Anyways, okay. So you're now happily a general surgery resident. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. Tell me about Call. How great is Call? Call? You know, Call is awesome. It really is. It's right. it's crazy. It's tiring. 
it's hectic. Sometimes you don't eat all day, you don't go to the bathroom all day, but it's just, it's really rewarding. It's interesting. You get to be in the OR, you get to see sick patients. I'm it's fun. so glad there are people who want to be general surgeons because <laughs> maybe one day I'll need one. That's all. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy to hear about your enthusiasm and like in your happiness and that, that comes through in this conversation for me personally. I hope everyone listening hears that as well, that it seems like the right thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do think so. I feel really lucky that it it was kind of a seamless transition. It wasn't wasn't too difficult. Didn't really get pushback. Wow, all those yeah. myths about switching programs just yeah. just falling one after another after another. Yeah. So that's neat to hear. Yeah, and I think my biggest fear of telling people actually, everyone was so supportive. I never. Yeah, I, I get... never really got yeah any pushback or anything. I'm really happy that happened for you. And I, I hope that's the majority experience. I, I happen to know that it, it is not for the experience for everyone. I don't know if we'll be able to tell that story on the podcast, but I, I would hope that most people have your experience. I uh, think really what you need to realize if you want to switch is your own program director doesn't want you to be in the program if you're not happy. Yeah. And your friends and everyone around you, everyone just wants you to be happy and in the right program. Mm-hmm. So no one's going to be mad at you or, you know, fault you for making this decision. I mean, CARMS is the way it is. We all know that it's really yeah. difficult. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with changing your mind. And yeah, encourage you to just, you know, talk to the people around you and and just get more information and and yeah, explore your options. Cool. That is a great closing statement. I cannot beat it. So thank you, Lena, for having for for taking the time to come over to the Pulse podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, anything else you want to say? I mean, that was great. But <laughs> anything else you want to add to that? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay. Thank you very much for taking the time. I know you're a busy general surgery <laughs> resident, so so we appreciate it here at the Pulse Podcast. Yeah, of course. And uh, for everyone listening, this will be a mini-series, so we're going to be interviewing a few other residents and hopefully some real admin people who can answer some of those burning questions we asked, like whether or not the whole empty spot thing is a real thing. But I hope you enjoy this journey with me, and I hope we all learn lots of things. Thank you very much, Lena. Thank you. Bye, everyone.